All right, welcome everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's great to be with all of you. Really, honestly, it is great to be here. And it's great to be with all of you, as uh, most of you know. I have a guest here in studio that I'm real excited because I'm always excited to have a guest here. And it's someone I know and has been on the show before. So I'd like to welcome to the show the drummer of Miami Beach. I uh, played for the action, played for a battalion of saints. He played in the TRGMH4. <laughs> most, most importantly. <laughs> the most importantly. And I'd like to welcome Mr. Joey Maya, a.k.a. Joey Wrecked. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Great to have you here. Yeah, Joey played when we did our thing years ago now, right? We did a little of that record, Got Me High. We had a little show. We put together some songs. We played some songs that we featured over the years in the episode with Dan Bonebreak on bass, Barry Stock on guitar. Is that when we played Sonic Reducer? Joey, we did. Joey wrecked on drums, and uh, and it was great. I feel like it was like last week. It's probably two or three years ago. Absolutely, it was, yes. <laughs> right. All right, so, Joey, uh, people should know already you've been on the show. I, I, I made a joke. We just put out our um, patron episode, That Record Broke My Heart, and Joey had a really nice heartfelt, although I come to find out it wasn't as heartfelt as I thought it was, but nice uh, introduction. But I did mention on there that he's a punk at heart because he didn't follow the rules and doing it, of course. Uh, so the album and band you brought is very fitting for that, for the punk rock, Joey, because you're not, I mean, do you consider, I guess you kind of still consider yourself a punk I, I, I do. Way, right? I do. Punk, yeah. punk is something that you don't outgrow. And it, even if you're wearing a suit and tie, you right. can still be a punk. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. So I'm glad they can that. Good. All right. So what are we talking about? And in, and in terms of the comment. Yeah. I, which I think is important because it doesn't diminish it in any way. When I said, I don't want to live in a world without Rob Elba, which is what I said, I meant to say, and this is true, I don't want to live, and this is a compliment, I don't want to live without people like Rob like Elba. Rob in it. Yeah, so that, no, that's that, great. That, that was that. They're both equally nice, but you don't want to live in a world without me either, right? <laughs> well, my last statement is, yep. <laughs> I don't want to live in this world without you. Without, but people like me. And that, yeah, no, and that was fine. heartfelt, for sure. <laughs> no, it was. And it was very appreciated. My wife cried, she told me, when she heard that. So there, And other people cried. Uh, there was a lot of crying going on in that episode. So. Very, very cute. I am a precious person. As yeah, someone did say that. He didn't, it Joey, makes me want to vomit. <laughs> Joey didn't like that too much. All right, so uh, what are we talking about? We still didn't mention it. So I'm, I'm just a fanboy, so uh, I, I, I hope I do this album justice. It's great band, Kraut, and the album... Album. The record that got me high tonight is an adjustment to society. Yeah, and also, once again, a band that I did not know about, was not familiar with. Maybe I heard of them at some point, but I can't remember hearing about them. But in reading about them, it makes sense why you're a fan of them and how you would know them. So basically, New York City punk rock hardcore band formed in 1981. Um, so the original members, Davey Gunner on vocals, right? Yep. Doug Holland, guitar vocals, Don Cowan, bass vocals, and I, this is my favorite. The drummer, what's the drummer's name? Johnny Feedback. Why, why would a drummer call himself Johnny Feedback? Well, probably because <laughs> he was 14 years old and it was just a cool name. But feedback, drummers don't, that's uh, the one thing drummers don't have is feedback. Or, or brains. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So that, that's why I chose the album, because even though it's a great uh, album and a great band, uh, it, the record got me high usually features more obscure stuff and as good as they were they if you haven't heard of them they, they've got to be obscure so i'm happy i brought it to your attention they're obscure but it was kind of cool i read their first performance was opening for the clash at right a bonds uh, international casino now in new york that was in, in new york when uh the clash did that run at bonds in New York on uh, in June 1981. Is this the crash cake that you wrote about in your book? No, it's it wasn't. Not. Okay, that was a few you years. saw them later after that. A absolutely. And okay, that, okay. And, and that highlights how good they were. A, a band like The Clash, the fucking punk rock band of the planet, you know, asked Kraut 
to open for them. And then when uh, uh, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols, you know, the, 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 the greatest punk band, joins the band, it kind of highlights that they, they, yeah, they're yeah. the real deal. He, he's on this record. He plays on three songs on this record. I guess they kind of saw, they saw the uh, professionals play, which was Steve's band with uh, Paul Cook. After the Sex Pistols broke up, which were great, yeah, a great band. They, they just had one album, but it was a really good album. But they, they actually opened for them at the Channel in Boston. Exactly, that's what I saw. Right, and uh, then and then Paul Cook went back to England. Steve Jones didn't want to go back to England, so he actually went home with with the band and was living with Doug Holland in the Lower East Side in New York City. Ah, uh, okay, nice. Yeah, so they so they became pals. All right, so yeah, so they were so they were known obviously in New York. They were they were known, and this is. This is already when like punk hardcore, this is already when punk kind of graduated, sort of got more hardcore, like faster. I call them the, the if, if Agnostic Front are the godfathers of hard, hardcore, I call Kraut the forefathers of hardcore because they, they, they took punk. They, they toughened it up, and it's really the roots of hardcore in this band. This yeah. is really an important punk band. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to be 100% honest. This isn't usually the kind of punk music that I gravitate towards and listen to it. And some of the stuff, although as I listen to it more, I appreciate it more, and I appreciate the playing, and I say, oh, okay, well, these guys are actually good, and they have, they have some good songs. But some of the stuff, some of the really, uh, just the really fast, hardcore and stuff, I don't know, that's never been my wheelhouse. I've talked about it before. I like, you know... I like my punk rock to come in all different flavors, you yeah. know, and all different kinds. So this, some, some of it gets a little samey for me, but not the whole record, which is something else I appreciate that it's not all the same. As but but it's definitely record. not. This is not homo. It's not. It, this is not homogeneous, you know, standardized, pasteurized, hardcore punk. This is really they they took punk and they gave they they maintained some of the melodic twists in punk and they just toughened it up. And I I think it's just a a really good transition from punk. To hardcore. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Definitely fair. And uh, we're gonna get through. There's a lot. It, it's like obviously a lot of short, quick, short songs. There's a lot of songs on the record, and they just hit you. They just hit you over the head, right? Uh, I mean, that's kind of like that's what it's supposed. That's what this kind of music is supposed to do. Yeah. When I first got turned on to Kraut, I had moved to. I wasn't even moved. I had. I was visiting New York City from 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 Miami. You know, we're kind of you know behind the times, and I, I heard. I heard this band and I'm like, I realized how shitty, you know, I was, how shitty the music in Florida was. And I'm like, it just set the standard. It's like I was starting all over again. They were heads above anything I had ever seen in my entire life. Oh, so right. Like I said, I'm, I was, I was a fanboy, and I listened to, I've listened to this record a hundred time, a hundred times before 1983. Right. And also something cool about them is they were definitely a very... Uh... DIY band back then because this they were their they they did their uh, first two singles they did on their own label uh, Cabbage Records and their and this when they first put it out was their own label it was like a self release thing which which became a bigger thing bands doing DIY but back then it was it was a ballsy pretty ballsy of a band to just put out their own shit and the quality of it is what's unusual for a DIY independent I I, I had never and still haven't heard of. Of, of something of this quality. And it was the, the bass player work that was in marketing and had access to a studio. They hooked up with this producer. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, Rick Oakley. And uh, the, the, I mean, it's this, this work is pretty, the whole album is pretty polished. In my it opinion. is. And it's solid. And let's get uh, on the first track right away. You hear the early clash influence, I think, right. Which is obvious on some of this and you hear it here. Uh, let's listen to the opening track all twisted.
man, it takes me right back to 1982. I, mean, oh, yeah, I, I feel sure. like I want to bounce off the walls when yeah, I Yeah, he was. Joey actually was almost bouncing <laughs> off my walls here. Uh, it was a little scary at first. All right, so obviously I threw out The Clash. Easy comparison, but you know another band that this song especially reminded me and then threw out the record a couple more. Uh, were you a fan of the Wipers at all? <laughs> I've never heard of the one. Okay, well, I'm going to play some in the episode and then you'll listen to Wipers and Doug, I gotta think Doug Holland was a Greg Sage fan. Great, great early punk band, very different. But Greg Sage was the singer guitar player, and uh, I hear it here. I'll, I'll play it for you later, and you'll I, I think you'll you'll definitely hear it too. And it's a great influence to have because the Wipers were just fucking awesome, and also a band very unheralded. A lot of people like you know like you've never heard of them, but. Uh, a lot of uh, people have and, and very influential great bands. So did I you, hear that. Did you look up the MTV video of this no. song? <laughs> Is there an MTV oh video? Oh my God. They were the only independent, especially punk, that was on it. It was a semi regular rotation really? on MTV. I and didn't it's really, a I cool, didn't know that. It's a very cool, very simple video it's it was it's uh, okay. great oh yeah because this was all right so this was already 1981 yeah, oh yeah. yeah okay so mtv wow i would not if you hadn't told me that though i wouldn't have even I, thought I, I had assumed it's a really cool it actually relatively polished video of just a band just kicking this song out it's very motivating nice all right so speaking of the uh super fast hardcore songs that were a big part of their wheelhouse this one for sure let's listen to a little of mishap <laughs> so this right here is an example of what I was talking about. Of, this of is like of hardcore. Of the hardcore laundry that that I could only appreciate in small doses. I could only take small doses of it, you know? <laughs> well, that's that's what I was saying when I first heard it. It's like, what is this? And I, I actually in, in, enjoyed the sound and to me it wasn't over you know, over the top. But this particular song is very ironic because it was written by Doug Holland. Yeah. And the words are, things don't stay the way they are. And ironically, it foreshadows that he's the one that left the band and pretty much is responsible for breaking up the band. Oh, okay. When he okay. left. So, okay. Right. He left to, to, uh, to play with Cro-Mags. Okay, right. That was that. That's what I was gonna say. And really great guitar player. And even on this, like I said, when you listen to it and you break it down, you hear what's going on, what he's doing. He's obviously more than just a, a you know fast uh, slasher guitar player. He's actually got uh, was developing a style you could hear, and uh, and you know there's some cool shit going on. He, there sure. was definitely a creative flair. Yeah, uh, with, exactly. With this, with this plan. All right, here we get for unemployed. I feel like more clash nods just with just with the theme of it, you know, unemployed. And I like when they slow things down like this and add the the riffs, the cool guitar riffs. Just for me, it, it gets a little more interesting. Yeah, they add it's a whimsical guitar lick in this fierce <laughs> punk rock song so. <laughs> where did you see where did you hear that from <laughs> did you just make that is that you <laughs> yes oh okay this is my this is oh whimsical so the word whimsical isn't in the song no no it's, oh, okay. you, you'll hear the lick you have this fierce uh song and it's <laughs> oh right which is cool which i really like all right let's listen to a little bit of unemployed
whimsical lick again. Oh, right, right. So that uh, drummer, now, how old did he say the drummer was? I think he might have been 14 <laughs> he years old. He was young. Okay. Cause... He's cause great. I mean, great drumming on this. Obviously, I love, the thing is, the early, when you're a young punk drummer, it's like, I feel like it's all energy, and you know, but it's like... Um... But he, he does play perfectly. His time, his meter is yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, no. Great, great. I, I mean, I thought he was a better drummer than I was, me being, you know, four <gasps> years older than him. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really set the they raised the bar for me. They I, I, the bar. I knew right, I had to do cool. better. And that song you mentioned it was it reminded you of the clash because obviously it's England, but what they're they're singing about is uh the problems between England and Ireland and uh the year that 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 they wrote it, uh it was probably 80, 81, 82, there was a fierce recession going on in the United States. And there's and this song is called Unemployed. It was a heck of a lot of unemployment in the entire United States. And they're 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 making the comparison of what's going on in in Ireland and England. Uh, he's kind, they're they're kind of warning. Do you want it here? So it's kind of the lyrics ah. aren't stupid lyrics. They're that's good. You know, it's interesting. It's good to know because I will tell you the lyrics are almost impossible to find online because I tried. For several hours to find the lyrics, they, and I they could came. Not. They came with the record, <laughs> yeah, and I am nice glad. To give you a heads up. <laughs> I am glad you because you can't find you know stuff that you can't find on the internet because a lot of the shit you find on the internet is just not fucking true or it's wrong. Or yeah, it's wrong exactly. Yeah, right, so. but I couldn't even find wrong lyrics. I couldn't find any. Well, that's what I'm here for. All right, good. All right, so this next one onward. This is the the one of the ones. The first one with Steve Jones, and I will say honestly, this to me is the weirdestly mixed song on the whole album. Uh, there's just a lot of reverb on the vocals here. But I have some questions for you about the, the lyrics in this one from what I can make out. So let's listen to it first, a little bit of Onward. told me this was a band from England, like a British punk band, and I would believe you. <laughs> you I'm, know, I'm they, sure they were influenced by... Yeah, yeah. All right, here's my question, uh, Joey. You gotta go backwards to go onward. I, I, I love it. It's, do it's you? true. <laughs> a- absolutely. Sometimes... Okay, so what are they saying? Are they saying that you have to honor the past, and in this case, maybe, you know, the what's come before you, maybe the rock and roll that came before, to make great... Uh, punk rock now you have to honor the past and you have to you have to at least look backwards to move onward so there's probably a lot of different layers of meaning to this song i think of it more as you know there's bad shit going on and it's going to cause you to take a step backwards and that's okay but you got to take that step backwards so you can go forward and and get over it that's good i actually like that even better so this was definitely a positive you know punk rock could be negative this is a positive anthem that no yes. matter what, we're going to go onward. Okay, good. All right, that's good. I like that. I like that answer, and that is good. And now, but now we go, speaking of the positive punk rock, this one is maybe more, this is kind of like your classic punk rock where he's saying, I, I don't want your paid vacation. I don't want your army orders. But, but I don't he, want this. Don't. He's, talk, he's talking about the army specifically. He is, and which they do a lot, right? There's a lot of, uh, on, on I wonder album. if one of the guys had, you know, an army right. parent. Okay, so this one's called Don't Believe. <laughs>
Francisco, a very, uh, a very punk rock sentiment. Uh, sentiment. I just want to do what I believe. Right. So if you're going to be in an army, you've got to believe. That's. I mean, an army is important, obviously, to protecting a nation. But if everybody's not in the same, the minute that that focus is broken, the whole thing falls apart. So what th- this kid is saying is that I, this is bullshit. I don't believe in this crap right, anymore. Right. And I don't believe you. Yes, that's good. I like that. All right. <laughs> this next one, this next song is Abortion. And to me, it's kind of like their uh, bodies. Like, uh, the, I was thinking the same the, the exact soul, thing. Yeah, the body song. And, it, and it, you know, at that time, it was such, you could have, you could basically have a super fast riff and just shout abortion and you, and you have a hardcore song and that's what I kind of like what I feel like right this now. is not the most complicated song it's not it's almost like a parent shouting at a kid if you go to the park at night you're gonna get her pregnant or you're gonna, uh, you okay all right that's uh, that actually makes sense <laughs> yeah I told you not to go in the park you, you in the dark you didn't listen to me the abortion uh, so cautionary it's basically a cautionary joke. so it's what's funny and I find this really fucking ironic is back then I was thinking of as, as a parent talking to a kid now I'm the fucking parent saying exactly this to my right kids. oh well yeah, yeah stay out of the park at night of course of course because that's g- good advice <laughs> you're gonna get pregnant there you go all right let's just do it boys. For what these guys did, they obviously did it really well. So do you think probably if they had stayed together a little more, maybe done a couple more records, they probably would have been more well-known, like I mean, a more who, well-known Who band. knows? I mean, this is, I mean, they were way ahead of their time. This is before like hardcore punk really gained any traction. And right. this is their first record. So, you know, we have to imagine they would have uh, progressed and gotten better. And who knows? Who, who knows what they would have sounded like? Right. All right. So Doug Holland went on to the Cro-Mags and then uh, I so I read that uh, the singer, uh, Davey Gunner, uh, took up the bass and uh, and then Johnny Feedback uh, and they went on to form a gutter boy. There was a certain sadness about her that I, I noticed each night it was all right. Oh, it was so no time. Remember the name, sort of uh, Gutter Boy, but I don't know that much about them. I, 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 I thought I remembered the name, but I think I'm confusing it with, with another band. I don't know. They had this uh, singer-songwriter uh, Dito, formerly of Major Conflict. But the one, good, the one really funny thing I saw in uh, I found a Trouser Press write-up on Gutter Boy by Ira Robbins, our friend Ira Robbins, that has been a guest on the show, and will be a guest again. He described Gutter Boy as sounding like a street-level cross between Bruce Springsteen and U2. Okay, I, I, I can believe that. <laughs> Obvious but entertaining, and and that's kind of cool. <laughs> So I, I so I do have to give a shout out to Davy Gunner because I mean we we intersected. It's it's just you know quite the coincidence that I went to New York City and this band was the band that actually blew me away. Right. And then a few years later, he's picking me up in an ambulance to take me with. A, he was friends. Ended up being friends with Chris Smith. He took me and Chris Smith to a gig, a Battalion of Saints gig. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Davy Gunner. Right, right, and, right. And he doesn't remember, but I mean, how many <laughs> how many people have picked me up in an ambulance? So right, right. It, it was much more important <laughs> to me. So he's in a band now called End of Hope that's described as a cross between Motorhead and Black Flag. And this is kind of cool. You'll like this. They have an uh, album coming out in March. And right before the album comes out, they're going to be featured on your friend Mike Watts. Podcast. Oh, nice to, to awesome. promote the. Okay, yeah. great. That's awesome. So he, he he's a he's a good guy. Davey Gunner's a good guy. All right. Very so we'll look out. All right, we'll look out for that. And then this next one, Bogus. 
has a really has a nice opening. Again, when they slow things down, to me, it gets uh, more interesting. But then, to be fair, then it kicks into a pretty perfectly executed hardcore song. Uh, again, let's listen to, and it is definitely not bogus. But let's listen to bogus. right there right that uh, gets your blood going and and we take it for granted because i mean it became kind of standard after but before them there was really nobody doing that slow you know mosh music where the where the crowd moshes slowly and, and, and then they, they would, just go into that they crazy fast a ferocious right, yeah. uh, a hardcore song and that little kid that, that young drum i don't know if he's little but johnny feedback really handles it really <laughs> really fucking well he does he does. He really set the bar high because he plays clean and crisp and it, it really was new to me and it, it uh, being really honest it blew me away no no i believe you all right, so this next one, Army of the World, it's kind of cool. It's got this little orchestral intro. And that's, the, that's the start of Side 2 on the record. Oh, okay. That's start of Side 2. And I feel like punk bands in the 80s especially were obsessed with the notion of World War Three. that there was going to be a World War Three, right? Uh, <laughs> it was like a we, catnip we, to punk bands we thinking should, about we, it. Because we, we should be. I, I don't know. But then, and then, um, you know, you had uh, Let's Have a War by Fear and uh, Commando Ramones, but just all these, you know, just. Well, yeah, but World it was War also. Was all that was also the era of Ronald Reagan. There so was, the, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. There was a reason um, for it. Yeah, there was. There was. All right, let's listen to Arming the World. baby right so if you look at what's happening today what's the cause of russia's invasion of ukraine is that the song is arming the world not arming ourselves but the fact that uh the united states through nato wanted to arm ukraine and russia took offense to it is why they they that's their perspective that's why they invaded ukraine so this song really has some relevance 
Yeah, it does. As as usually, you always find that, right? You listen to punk stuff that was recorded uh, 30 years ago. You listen to it and you go, shit, that, that sounds like it could have been, you know, written last week. Uh, these massive world wars start with something seemingly, you know, yes. s- trivial. <laughs> like World War One was, I, I forgot what happened with, with, uh, with some, some, some chancellor or something. Right. But, you know, what's happening in Ukraine could easily escalate in, in, a, in, a, in a week. It could. To it something could. horrible. I'm sure. Hopefully there's some a punk band somewhere writing a song about it right now as a, we speak. A, a, shitty, uh, a shitty song. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. All right. Again, Doomed Youth, we get more of the, like, to, you could say cliche hardcore, but perfectly executed hardcore. And especially the guitar work of Holland. This is one of the things where I say, even if you really listen to what he's doing, you hear this guy was really good. And the next and the next three songs are exactly what you just described. It's really a common punk theme when you got, uh, you know, get away where you have doomed youth and last yeah, 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 right. I don't, I don't want to be with you. And then yep. it's the truth. We're doomed youth or get up, get out, blow it up, do it right now. These are obvious, aggressive, common punk traits. There you go. Let's listen to doomed youth. <laughs> Doug Holland, great uh, guitar there. Mm-hmm. Great guitar player. Pa- yeah, definitely powerful. And it expresses the energy and frustration of punk. Exactly. All right. Now, uh, now here's a good example of drumming. I mean, you got to give it up to this feedback kid on, on uh, Last Chance. He was a solid, as solid a hardcore drummer as you would want, right? I, that's what I was saying. His meter was, was, was perfect. Yep. Was last Get up, blow up, blow up. Do it right now. Don't let go. All right, so on this next one, Sellout, which is another one that uh, Steve Jones is playing on, a little more melodic. You could hear the melodic hardcore that was going to come. It definitely has the California hardcore vibe that yeah, you this, heard with this, from the adolescents, Bad Religion type thing that was coming up. You could hear that in this next one. This is sure. definitely one of the melodic hits. Yep, exactly. Record. Let's listen to a little of Sellout. <laughs>
Oh, great song, but I'm just going to say it, and we discussed this on the uh, Sex Pistols episode we just did recently with Steve Michener. A lot of these bands, they they love these British bands. They loved it, so they kind of sang <laughs> like it. These are New York kids, but they sound British in this one, kind of. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, there, there's, yeah, I mean... We, Fashion and music usually starts in England and it right, goes to right, New York right. City, then it goes to California, and then two you know two years later the rest of the world has it. So yeah, of course they had British influence. Yeah, and, and, and they do it, and and it just sounded it's like I said the same thing when uh, Green Day and started singing. It just sounded it sounded cooler. <laughs> but he's not there. I mean, Davey's not singing with a fucking British accent. I mean, it's just he on, on this one he he was kind of. <laughs> well, that's I don't. <laughs> he was a little. He has a really that's thick right, New York though. accent. So if he is, yeah, no. Well, New York by way of uh, Manchester. So, right so I, ironically, I'm thinking, I, I am thinking of the Sex Pistols on this song because this yeah. song is obviously about uh, a record company and when when how they look at you different when you're in demand. And I'm thinking specifically of the Sex Pistols because they got treated like shit. Right. And then all of a sudden they're big and they're like, oh, you know, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Rotten, you know, that, that type of <laughs> shit. Right. All right. So more anti-army stuff. Right, they definitely had a thing, but you know something going on. So there, there was some military uh, thing going on here. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Army Sport. Reading? Are you are you looking at the lyrics? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, and it's definitely uh, a statement on on guns that really still applies. You can be a, a patriot, a psychotic, a neurotic, a narcotic. I mean, those are the people that have guns. They can all have guns. It's not just the army. I mean, they they had something to say. It's okay that they said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> all right. So, society's victim. Definitely a different feel on this one. I feel like this is like. A more um, noisier, more post-punk sound on this one. So maybe this was uh, a different direction. Maybe they were exploring or going into, but I definitely hear that on this one here. Let's listen to a little bit of Society's Victim. Yeah, see what I'm talking about though. Oh no, right. no, you 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 absolutely nailed it. This is a like a, a a real. It's not like a transition between punk and hardcore. This is a real hardcore song. And if, I, I don't know if you've listened to 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 Cro-Mags, but um, this could this could be a Cro-Mags oh, okay. song. All and, right, that makes sense. And that Doug Holland had a big uh, influence on how the Cro-Mags right, sounded. Right. Now let me ask you, what were crowd gigs like then? I never. This oh. this is ironic. The first time I saw a crowd, I was on a fucking bill with them, but in front of at least five thousand 
people with uh, Steve Battalion, Jones. With, uh, yeah, Battalion, Battalion of Saints. Saints Steve, oh, okay, And Kraut okay. with Steve so, Jones. So you never got to see them at... Uh, so I, this is the crazy part, is I thought that they were too good to play local gigs. I thought they were st- already... Like when I was in New York City in the early 80s, I already thought Kraut was above playing, you know, Sunday CBGB's matinee. And I don't know what their really story, real story was, but I never got to see Kraut oh, okay. other than in... in <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering. It sounds like it would be like crazy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't vouch for it. I know they right. were they were prior to Agnostic Front. They, I mean, the, the bands at the time that I would see are... Uh, Oh my God, I feel bad now that I can't remember. This is uh, That's all right. This, this, this is what happens when you get old, Joey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I've been diagnosed with CRS by a by a physician. Okay. Can't remember shit. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's a real clinical thing. Yeah. No. Oh God, this is killing me. That is, I, I feel. All right. If, if you think of it later, I'll 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 add it in. <laughs> all right. So we get on at least on the on the version I have, which is the original one. Uh, that I oh, which by the way, I should mention this. This is important. You can go to band. I bought this on Bandcamp. They have a Bandcamp right now. Would you could buy crowd stuff? Yes, this this album is available by the band on Bandcamp to purchase. Oh, and they're going to I. This is I'm glad that you mentioned it because it of triggered course. something in my brain. They're going to re-release uh, the, this this record. Oh, and, okay, and like nice. in April or May, it's going to be a real a real big thing. As oh, a matter good. of fact. All right. Yeah, but that's great. I always love it. I love it when I look and I say, oh, shit, I can buy it. They'll actually see some of the money. I'll buy it on uh, Bandcamp. And you could, uh, so that's what I did. And that's but, awesome. but the episode that we're reviewing has Kill for Cash, right? It does. This is the final song. Yeah, Kill Thank, for Cash. That's Rob, it. Rob's looking glad? at me with his look that would. Oh, well, well, we won't even get into why, uh, why I'm annoyed S- by that. Psychoanalyzing <laughs> Rob the psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, jeez. You, you don't need to be a psychiatrist to figure that out. But anyway, yes, uh, Kill for Cash. Really cool. I love it. This is the, uh, the last one with Steve Jones on, and it's got a really cool, like, false start, musical false start in it, which is, which is awesome. Oh, that's Steve Jones playing that intro. Steve Jones. Okay, yeah, cool. Which is great, which is awesome. Kill for Cash. Had that whole really cool musical uh, sort of jokey start, uh, and then more, of course, war army stuff because that definitely was in their wheelhouse. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely melodic and it's definitely powerful. I mean, the line "Let's go, let's go back to Vietnam and start another war. Let's go back with the atom bomb." I, I mean, that's that's powerful stuff. Well, that's what, like you said, that's what was going on then. It was the '80s. That's what. Yeah, it was like everyone. We really, like, I don't know. Yeah, we're around the same age. You remember getting, we would, I was just talking about that in my last episode with the guy from England. We would get the pamphlets on what to do if there was a nuclear war. Like, what, you know, what to do. What to do. <laughs> I, I, I probably ignored it. But we had to we had to sign up the, the registration for the draft. Did you have to register? I had to register for the draft. Wait, wait how old are you? I'm one, I am one year older than you, Rob. As soon as you turned 18, you had to go to the post office and register for the for the draft. In 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 what year? Literally in 1980. Really? I went to the post office across the street from Lorenzo's. There's a post office. Okay. And I and that's where I registered for the draft. Maybe I did. Maybe there maybe there wasn't a draft, that. but you had to like register. You had to just oh okay. Just that's a registration. Right. You had to register. 
Okay, that's And I remembered the name of the punk band that played with them that was pre all it was Adrenaline OD. There wasn't Adrenaline that, OD. Okay. There wasn't there wasn't that many bands and then all of a sudden the uh, Sunday matinee scene exploded. But they they were prior to all of this. Alright, so this was uh yeah, this was cool, like I said. A, a, a album I had never heard of familiar, but uh, I think more like you said, they're doing a re release. I think there's more that's gonna come of it. So who were you who were you talking to today at lunch? Could you say oh uh, of, who, of, of course. Dave Davey Gunner is the singer and you know, we intersected a couple of times and uh, he was good friends with uh, the, the the guitar player Chris Smith, who was my roommate of Battalion of Saints. Right. So Chris, this record is dedicated uh, on the back of the record. It says, it says this album is dedicated to Chris Smith, whose memory will always be with us. So uh, Davey Gunner was Chris Smith's friend and Chris Smith was obviously my, my, my bandmate. And I, I lived with him uh, in the apartment that he eventually died in. Yeah. And he was, I mean, that's the reason that was, you know, the, the final, um, Stake in 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 Kraut's heart is when Chris Smith died. I, I never heard anything about Kraut after that. Right, 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 right. Well, another uh, tragic uh, tragic end to a uh, to a punk hero. All all too many uh, story we've heard all too many times. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yes, but always heartbreaking. So. Joey, what's so? What's going on, Joey? We do, I, I, is a, a punk on Wall Street still happening, or are you, are you taking a break on it, or what's going on? No, no break. So the good news for you, Rob, is that I'm not selling anything. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> that's Which why is cool. I'm asking. But but you know what? Yes. Yeah, so, so just to, to update you on 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 my artistic life yeah, yeah. I, so I, I finished part two which is a punk on wall street 230 pages uh i don't have a publisher so i shelved it and i wrote book three uh the oh punk, okay I'm, I'm i'm just finishing book three the punk who ruled the world and you know what's important to me is you know a i'm, I'm getting much better uh, the, the the punk on Wall Street, a punk on Wall Street is better than the drummer of Miami Beach, and the punk who ruled the world really is is, is better yet. There, there you is keep progress. Writing. That's great, so right? There, there is progress. So great. what I would ask anybody, and we take this shit for granted. So you know, if if I got a microphone, I'm going to say it. Do it. If you thank you, if you've read the drummer of Miami Beach, you know, do me a favor. I mean, if if you liked it or want to lie about it anything you want just review it on amazon or goodreads and the reason it helps me i'm trying to sell these next two books right, to publishers right. you know if they see 20 reviews and i go who the fuck is this guy but if they see 60 reviews then they, they might actually consider that's a great it. but that's a good point okay well i know for a fact that uh, a lot of my li- listeners have read the book so if you have and you haven't written a review yet Please, like like Joey says, you don't even have to be honest. You could lie if you want, but and it do could a good be, review. It could be a simple review. They just want to see of the course. number and yeah. And, and if you haven't just read it, just just yeah. go for it. Give me you know. Well, that's good. Give that's, me a chance. That transitions good into me because I could ask all of you also to if you enjoy the podcast, you could review the podcast too, which that would help me as well. Although I don't know, I'm not looking for a book to get published or anything, but I'm sure it'll help in some way. So if you listen, whatever you listen on Apple, on Spotify, whatever you listen, just. Uh, Rate it, subscribe to it, and write a review if you feel like it. Write a quick review. That'll always help out. On Instagram and Facebook, you can follow us on at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high. On Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. And most important, what's the most important thing, Joey? Become a patron. God. So good. He's so good. I w- wasn't uh, even paying attention. I, right. He did, but he, <laughs> but he, he whipped it out of his and, and this guy is the fucking Joe DiMaggio of podcasts. I mean, you gotta, you gotta cut him some slack. I mean, if it's two or three bucks or five bucks or twenty bucks, I mean, it helps. It all adds it up. It all adds up. It and the, the guy gets sick. He fucking, you know, has a stroke. On my and, deathbed. And, and, and releasing a, episodes. A week later, he's doing another podcast. <laughs> well, so. Thank you. I Give the fucking that. guy three dollars for God's sake. <laughs> you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Like Joey says, uh, I would really appreciate it. But uh, other than that, Joey, as always, it's great having you on. I, I know you had a little health scare recently yourself, and we're both, you know, we're both just uh, plugging along as best we can. It's two old men. It, it could be either there's a conspiracy or it's just two old Jews going through a normal life. There you go. That's how it goes sometimes. All right, it's great having you on. It's great having you all as listeners. We'll see you all again next week. I'm Rob Elba. We're out of here. Joey Maya, Joey Rex. Oh, 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 oh.